finale the end of season one. Oh, thank you jake so fucking happy to finally get here i mean it's been fun it's been quite a year starting from you know an offshoot of the podcast i did with you carrying us through that madness that was the election this year to a season finale and who knows when we'll return sometime next year uh after the holidays but uh do you want to start with our drink and how we got to our drink today? Yes. I I will call out, I will explain what we got going on here and uh you can sort of explain the origins of it. And uh yeah, that sounds good. So we are drinking Kona Brewing Company's famous Longboard Island Lager. Comes in a very very fun Hawaii Island esque bottle. Mm. That is a good lager. Smooth. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good staple to have. Just uh, we wanted we wanted something that we knew we would enjoy, especially after the grape debacle. Oh God, that grape debacle. Ugh. Yeah. The Romish episode, the episode mm. that uh, was taken over by that horrible grape beer. Yes, this is so much better. Yes. Oh, it just reminds me of being back in Jamaica. All right. So the story of this, I have actually had longboard before. I very much enjoy longboard. Um, I'm a dark beer drinker, but this is a light beer that I enjoy. Uh, the first time I had Kona. My company used to do this thing called Right Start, and they would send you to one of the offices, and all the new hires would get together. So I got a 36-hour round trip to California uh, with a red-eye home. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was the only 24 hours I've spent in California in my entire life. But at the end of the day, they had a, a drinking event at the end, and they had Kona there. And I had a Kona Nut Brown which is a Kona beer you still cannot get this side of the United States. They do not ship it this far over. But I saw Longboard along the way, and I started drinking that. So six episodes now ago, I said, hey, how about we have Longboard? And I bought a six-pack of Longboard, and you could not find it to save your life that time. I could not find it anywhere. I ran around to first off my magic gas station didn't have it which uh, very much disappointed me seeing as they've had some very crazy interesting ones uh tops place that never mops um oh they probably mop now but i digress uh they, they have better uh protocols than wegman so they never stop mopping the floor at this point <laughs> 
causing a lot of slipping issues. Yeah. Um, they didn't have it. And when I asked someone about it, they didn't. They just sort of looked at me like I grew a second head. Had no idea what I was talking about. Um, and the Wegmans I went to out by me didn't have it at the time. So for that episode, we ended up having to abort and choose something else to drink. And then, like a week or so later, I was in a different grocery store. Actually, I think it might have been Walmart. It was Walmart. I was in Walmart. It's a little generous to call Walmart a grocery store. But the Walmart by me has a make-your-own six-pack. And there was Longboard. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this into the six-pack case because I know Jake has it. And, uh... When we were trying to decide what we were going to do, uh, what we were going to drink for this episode, um, going back and forth and uh, trying to navigate the shitstorm that was the last couple weeks. For both of us. Both of us. I just went, hey, I still got that longboard. You want to drink that? And, uh, here we are. Well, you know, it is a, it is a decent lager. Uh I have grown to like a few light beers, uh, and when it comes to the light beers, uh, I like the more basic stuff. I'm, I, I, I love a Bud Heavy. I will call it Bud Heavy because everyone drinks Bud Light <laughs> around me, so I ask for Bud Heavy. Uh, I hate Labatt's, unless you're in Canada. I like Labatt's brewed in Canada. I do not like the Labatt's that Jenny brews. Fair. Um, but I do like Jenny Cream Ale. I like Jenny regular, and then I like all of Jenny's craft brews pretty much. So, and we just got to get Jenny to brew us a special beer for the tavern, oh, which yeah. is their Jenny cream cream ale, cream cream ale. Uh, they have I want to say the they double have cream a holiday cream ale right now that I almost recommended, but then I noticed it only came in a twelve pack, and I'm like. Yeah, it's going to take me forever to drink 12 cream ales because I don't want to shit myself the next day. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll do a special uh, holiday episode uh, non- in which we'll split the 12 pack. Yeah. Non-politics. Uh, yeah. Uh, like a Christmas episode, a holiday uh, extravaganza. We can call it uh, joking to our before talk uh, Viking holiday. I can have a Viking <laughs> holiday. Meet at the longhouse, drink some mead and uh, other stuff, and Jenny cream ale. Try and get them to make us a cream cream ale. Cream cream ale. That's on you, Jenny. Feel free to sponsor us, but you're gonna have to fight uh, Elon Musk for that sponsorship. So yeah, that's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. What's our topic today, Jake? So, I proposed for a season finale, we talk about the political divide in America and some of the issues around the two-party system. I think it's something that comes up quite a bit in our conversation um, with you being an independent, excuse me, and me being a registered Democrat just to vote in the Democratic primaries. I don't actually see myself as a Democrat, especially with some of the BSery happening right now around both New York Democrats and federal Democrats. Um, but 
I'm going to try to get through this. I figured we start out with a nice quote today. So oh, a quote okay. to start us out. However, political parties may now and then answer popular. Uh, oh, sorry. Popular okay. errors. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious and uprising men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which they have lifted, which have lifted them to unjust domain. George Washington, 1796, his farewell address. Um, I'm not going to make the argument for no political parties, but uh, I think the two-party system has really corrupted Americans' views of each other. I think the two-party system has been the biggest disaster for our republic. Um, Hands down. I mean, it's something we've talked about before. We've talked about the fact that... I mean, we've brushed on the fact that the two-party system, at least in our mind, doesn't work. It leads to a lot of the problems we have right now. And... I mean, I've thrown this out there before. I'll throw it out there again. The two parties need to be broken up, and I think there should be a four-party system. At least. At least. I think uh, to have House majority leaders, uh, Senate majority leaders, you should have to form coalition governments. No one party should ever reach the point where they have the majority by themselves. And, excuse me, I would make the argument that the parties aren't actually united parties. Um, you know, if I was looking at it from the Democratic side, looking at the Republican, I could very easily judge a Republican to be the worst they could be by the worst of their party. Uh, you know, recent examples would be that uh, drunk lady that Rudy farted next to uh, before it got announced that he had COVID that was talking about the Dominion voting system, and I think she brought up aliens or something at a Michigan uh, thing. That is the worst of the Republicans. That is not what your standard Republican is, but that is what the media portrays them as. Or for, uh, you know, if it was a Republican looking at um, a, a Democrat, I could pull up, you know, someone in a pink hat that is claiming that everything that offends me should be banned because I'm offended by it. And that is literally the worst of the Democrats. But because there's only two parties, that fringe has to be associated with the entire party. And usually those fringes are very loud on right. both sides. Well, the biggest problem with the two party system is the, is the 80 20 rule you know and it's you know 80 20 in this regard is 20 percent of the party is the most you know vocal part of the party it it is responsible for 80 percent of the rhetoric and what goes out there and which is incredibly disastrous if you know the minority part of the party is what's driving its image and its policy decisions. I mean, to be completely honest, both the majority of both parties, majority of the people in the parties are moderates, but 
you have the the twenty percent of the Republican Party alt religious right, you know, basically painting the party as um, Bible thumping. Boys and gales that, you know, America first and that's all we want. Don't take our guns. And then you have the 20% of the Democrat Party with the idiots like AOC and focusing on socialism and let's get as close to communism as we can because it just makes me feel good and I don't understand economics or any other thing that drives the country and yet most democrats are like look we just <laughs> we want some social responsibility and just a little bit more taxes but we're not we're not really with with that like in my opinion well first off to go back to your quote it i think if one th- if we've learned one thing from the season of our podcast and talking about uh things from the past and the founding fathers it's amazing how true their warnings were back then to like now like george washington basically saying everything that we're going through now is going to happen if we abandon you know our beliefs and just succumb to a you know a party system you know thomas jefferson saying that a two-party system could be the worst thing that happens to the country even though he kind of helped yeah, know, create the two-party system. He, he but yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Jefferson as a character. He could be, God, next season, entire episode just on Jefferson. Oh, totally. We should do that. Write yeah. that down. To our four listeners, one of you keep a list and then tweet it at us. Follow us on Twitter first because none of you follow us, which is fucking bullshit. But I digress. I mean... I've said it before, I'll say it again. The two parties need to split into at least four parties to happen because the problem is the wingers hide out in each party and they hijack everything. And here's the other problem with wingers. It's not just that the wingers paint their entire party with their brush. It's that they hold their party hostage. They basically say, because I'm so vocal and I'm so passionate, if you don't do this, I will destroy the party. I mean, there's rhetoric right now where there are Republicans and conservatives telling people, telling Republicans in Georgia not to vote for the two Republican senators because we need to teach them a lesson. Right in Donald Trump to show that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Like, don't want they? Why? I think I think they are going to achieve losing both elections for the Republicans because the current polling is close. It's like one percent. It is margin for error. And I think they are going to convince enough Republicans to not vote in Georgia or to write in Donald Trump to siphon off enough votes. Uh, which, 
I could go into conspiracies about that. But that, this is not a conspiracy podcast. This is a political podcast, which feeds into my point that wingers are, are fucking the worst in this country. Fuck off. But that's fucking obscene. The wingers need to have their own parties. There needs to be the Democrats and the Republicans and then the right wing and then the left wing, whatever you want to call yourselves, you go off into your corners, and then this way we can identify them. And it's they hide within the major parties, and that is what it it goes back to what you said before that they cause they allow the entire party to be vilified by pointing to the worst of the party. So we actually experienced the technical difficulty there. So I'm going to have to splice two recordings together. That'll be new. Got to find that like old school technical issues music. Yeah, I got to try to find that. Uh, Oh, so what I was saying, though, uh, right when you said you think you lost me was that uh, there is (laughs) a website that exists for finding right wingers today. It's called Parlor. Uh, (laughs) And... uh, it is apparently the most insane of the insanity from Twitter. <laughs> I gotta so. say, I, I've I've been on Parlor. Um, aside from anybody that's on it, I really have no strong feelings either way. But uh, the interface of the app is shit. Um, if you're so trying you... to, I have I have a recommendation. If you're trying to steal people from a popular app, don't try and improve on the app. Just fucking clone it, okay? It's not that hard. There's nothing really proprietary about a like button or a retweet button. I mean, fuck. Twitter just came out with stories that they call fleets. Oh, God. Yeah, they are, did. Are you fucking... Oh, oh, here's my favorite part. Yelp now has stories. God. Yelp. Okay, to anybody that works at Yelp that happens to listen to our podcast, please on now because first off you're working for a garbage company which makes you a garbage human being and uh second if you think your app's a social network it's not go fuck yourself okay you pay to play get the fuck out of the world so did you give over your social security card number your mother's maiden name and a copy of your license to get onto parlor uh no i just had to uh take a picture of a gun and then they let you join Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I I figured it was something pretty uh, silly, but I, you know, no, uh, that's out there. There isn't really a left wing equivalent yet, like an echo chamber for left wing uh, beliefs. I Um, thought that was Facebook. I hear I I'm off Facebook, but I hear it's pretty right wing on Facebook. (laughs) I, I couldn't tell you I'm though because I don't use Facebook. If uh, would... if if CNN came out with a social network, I mean it would be garbage. But yeah, yeah, that would probably be. Uh, I don't know. I hear some of the far left is starting not to like CNN though because they're too corporate Democrat. <laughs> they they might not buy into that. Jeez. Uh, Actually, I th- would the left even be able to have a social network or would they reject the 
the the organization man in just the the corporate aspect of trying to get us to hang out together i don't know like man i'm gonna sound like a horrible person coming from the left on this but i feel like their social network wouldn't work because there'd be a report button that said this tweet offends me and they would just immediately delete the tweet because (laughs) it possibly offended someone oh i'm so sorry yeah (laughs) exactly oh yeah you're right it wouldn't work it would last for about a day and then everybody would be crying and then it would be shut down with a big apology that says we're sorry this didn't work here's your here's a link to a safe space to make you feel better yeah but i mean to me that is probably one of the worst things about the left is the group that is like everything's offensive i mean i can get being offended by things but not everything has to be offensive this really doesn't fit the art topic right now but no it doesn't talking about cancel culture and people being offended by things i would just like to point out because i went shopping today and um i saw the major change that has been made with aunt jemima they removed her from the bottle right they removed her from the bottle um that wasn't the problem the problem was the name not the person okay the i like i saw that and i thought i must have i was like i had to walk back and do a double take and i was like did they really take her off of the bottle like she wasn't the problem the name was the problem uncle ben's understood that which is just changed it to ben's original you could have done a name change with aunt jemima but this is just corporate businesses laughing at the cancel culture i'm offended people going like you know this is offensive this is offensive okay don't worry we'll take care of it everybody went thank you thank you for understanding and they're like see we removed the black lady from the bottle no no the problem was the name you're calling her Aunt Jemima that has racist origins. Yeah, but but we removed the black lady from the bottle, so now you can just pretend that Aunt Jemima is white. Like, <laughs> So uh, Dave Chappelle uh, hosted SNL the night after the election, and they actually had a, a skit about that uh, with, it was like corporate meeting with its sponsors or its uh, uh, caricatures, and it was Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima, the Allstate voice guy, uh, the deep baritone Allstate voice guy, and Count Chocula, and how they all needed to be removed for offensive stereotypes. (laughs) So, that was pretty good. Uh, So, two parties. Problems. Yeah, Yeah, so, I, I did a little bit of research. I didn't have a ton of time so i just wanted to bring a little bit of facts to why america is not as divided as the media makes it seem we are so harvard did a a study in 2020 and they asked some americans some questions and uh, they found that seven in ten americans uh, think they have more in common with other americans than people think they do Uh, and 
one of the researchers said division is not what most Americans are seeking, which I believe is true. And just some facts, uh, eight in 10 Americans believe without freedom, America is nothing. 93% believe in a right to clean air. 93% believe in a right to protect personal data. 92% um, want the right to quality education and racial equality. 89% want affordable health care. 85% want the right to a job, 66% support education, and 72% cho- uh, support the right to choose for abortion. Um, that's not very divided. In all of those categories, it's above 50%. And even in the lowest category, it's only at 66%, which is still a pretty, that's two-thirds of America. Right. We're not that divided. But division is good for social media and corporations. So it's, it's good for mass media too. Yeah. Uh, so to that fact, I did a little research. Fox News is worth $6.53 billion. CNN is worth $10 billion. Um. Those companies don't make their money if we agree because they lose viewership. Correct. They need us to be divided. Um, another interesting fact. Uh, in 2018, the medium, median net worth of a congressperson was $511,000. In 2020, the median net worth of a U.S. household was $97,000. And if you were under 35, the median net worth of your household is $11,000, with the average being $76,000. The average is better, but they don't care about us. They need right. us to be divided. They do. It's the biggest problem that... Um, biggest problem that ever happened to news is the internet i fully believe that and the problem with the internet is before the internet you couldn't really monetize the news you had tv you had newspapers you knew how many people read the newspaper you knew how many people watch tv but it was it was macro Okay, so you could still insist on actually reporting the news because people want material. The Internet made it all about clicks and it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like for the 12 o'clock news, like you used to hear. Hear six news at 12, the most trusted news in Rochester, like no one says they got the most trusted news anymore. Because it's not about being trusted, it's about the clicks. And it doesn't matter if I present a completely bullshit article as long as the headline is good. If I get get you to click, boom, I got you. There's, um, I forget where it was, or I think they did a story about it on John Oliver a couple of years ago, but it was uh, this rich billionaire that bought a newspaper 
an independent newspaper and he held a, he held a conference for all the employees and was basically like your job is to make me money and i don't really give a shit what you want to write about you're going to write about things that people will click on and someone was like uh well people care more about puppies than they care about the war in iraq so you want us to just write about puppies isn't that journalistically you know you know poor and his response was basically you're suffering from what i like to call journalistic arrogance uh if puppy if puppies get gets more clicks than a war in iraq then that just means that people want to be people want to read about puppies and fuck you for you know belittling that and he goes uh pup you know it's basically what what sells is what's more important and maybe once we make enough money you can write about the stuff that matters and he goes through this whole long speech without swearing being rude but not swearing and at the end of it he just pauses and goes oh yeah and fuck you <laughs> like that's that's the state of the media and they want us divided because as you said their viewer if we're if we're not divided their viewership goes down yeah, no, they don't want Americans to agree. Um, I think, first of all, is we don't have an enemy right now. And I think that's, as horrible as it sounds, it hurts. When we had Russia, America had a common enemy. You could be, uh, you know, Republican or Democrat, but at least you weren't part of the USSR. Right. At least you weren't part of the enemy. We don't have that now. And the media can't make its money without the enemy. So the enemy has become your fellow citizen who does not agree with you politically. Right. They that is the enemy. In the absence of a true enemy, the media has turned on the people. Mm-hmm. And it has died to turn the people against each other for sport. It's the Hunger Games. I mean, you. there was a video that was going around Twitter a couple weeks ago that I found absolutely ridiculous. Um and it kind of showed the hypocrisy. So uh, Lindsey Graham right now is being an absolute disgrace and crazy about stealing the election and apparently did some crazy stuff in Georgia. I don't know how much of it to believe, but it seems like he's very against the uh, Democrats right now. Well, uh, Kamala Harris had to go to vote to stop some vote. I don't know what it was, but it, she was the tiebreaker vote by showing up. She stopped it. There's a video of Lindsey Graham walking by her on the floor and fist bumping her like in congratulations for the win. These people mm-hmm. we think hate each other. They're best friends in back rooms. They don't hate each other. But we need to believe that to buy the book of sales they're trying to give us right now. Right. Well, leading up to us doing the podcast, one of the things I started to think about and realize is that we don't, the two party system is a lie. It is a versus the people. And the biggest problem with the two party system. The absolute biggest problem with the two-party system is it tricks people into giving them the illusion of choice. 
you have no real choice. No. Because you because it's left versus right, Democrat versus Republican, that you can choose a side and you are making or making a choice. When in reality, you know, would you like would you like meatballs or would you like a hamburger? As uh, Stewie Griffin said on Family Guy, same shit, just a different shape. The, I mean, this is what third party, you know, advocates and libertarians in particular have been screaming about for years. You know, by perpetuating the two party system cycle, it, it, continues this false illusion of choice and any and the worst part is anytime someone tries to step out of that cycle they're criticized ostracized and shut down i mean anybody that has ever considered voting for a third party candidate immediately gets told they're throwing their vote away like in america there there's no such thing as throwing your vote away but that's what the two-party system has done. If you're if you don't vote for one of the two, you know, major companies, it's just a waste. It's like it's like if only Coke and Pepsi existed and anybody, you know, any other cola product, you were just like, why don't you just drink water and kill yourself? Like, why do you even bother? I I just for you like what, RC cola. Whatever. Ugh. Like, if there are people out there that totally legitimately like RC Cola. I actually enjoy is, a good RC Cola. <laughs> you throwing your taste buds away. What a waste of a dollar. But, I mean, that's that's where we're at. And that's that. It's they go out there. The, the two-party system not only creates an illusion of choice, but it allows – look, if there is, you know, evil forces at work or, you know, a uh, big evil shadow government that's really controlling everything, it, because of the two-party system. I mean, it's not outside the realm of to have – let's just take the Senate. You got 100 senators. 50 of them are on the right, 50 of them are on the left. It's not outside the realm to think that 75 are all on the same page and get along. For the left, it would be political suicide to support this proposition. So they get the right to do it solely so they can, you know, solely so that they can, you know, fight against it and create a roadblock. I mean, with a two-party system, you can have the two parties work together behind the scenes and put on an act. It's a lot harder when you have four or five parties because you're not going to get They all don't have the same interest at heart. Because you have two parties, the two interests is staying in power. And the only way you stay in power is to make sure that you, the people that support you don't go to the other side. Yeah, I mean, to this, to that point, like... Bernstein recently did that report of the 21 senators who mocked Trump. 
the Republican senators. But it's it's political suicide right now to step out of line of Trump. But I don't understand why, because he's going to help them lose Georgia because he's perpetuating the myth that the election was stolen. So it's not worth voting in the runoff election, which will cause the GOP to potentially lose the Senate. So. I don't know. Which this this goes back to my conspiracy theory that uh, Trump's a Democrat and he's been working with Hillary Clinton all along. And the whole thing's been a ploy. Well, since we're talking about conspiracy theories, just earlier, um, my conspiracy theory is Parler is an FBI trap to catch extremists. It's not got a good enough user face interface. It's there's no way. Even the FBI can't handle something that shitty. I didn't say it was the NSA that built it. I said it was the FBI that built it. Let's be fair. If the NSA built it, it wouldn't even be able to turn on. <laughs> That's a big data joke. If you've ever worked in uh, government uh, contracting. Bazinga. <sighs> I mean, it's not like they got the guy. I mean, they just hired the same guy who built the Obamacare website to build parlor. Oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. You know, you have people that are enemies with people just based off of political alignment because we're told that they are different than you and different than you is bad. Like, right. it's not said in that simplistic of terms, but that's what it is. That's what OAN, Fox News, CNN, Newsmax, MSNBC are making their money off of. That's how Facebook is keeping you engaged by showing stuff to you that enrages you so you keep scrolling. They need that enemy. Right. And with a lack of a real enemy, America's become the enemy of America. Excuse me. It's true. I mean, in all honesty, really, the enemy should be China. And I'm not talking about from a war standpoint. I mean, there's uh, the globe is too intertwined with politics and economics for there ever to be a true another world war. You would need you would need some I mean, you basically need the conditions that created World War Two to be able to create world war three. And, and that'd be very difficult right now because you'd need a country to step out of line so bad that they get cut off economically from the rest of the world. I mean, that's really all that happened with Germany. Cause in reality, after world war one, the world was pretty, you know, intertwined in terms of economics and the beginnings of globalism. But then the world went, you know what, Germany, yeah, fuck you. You're responsible for the whole thing. And they cut them off economically and they cut them off militarily from the rest of the world, which allowed them to fester and grow and just, you know, and then they stepped out of line and we all know what happened then. Now you don't have any country that could potentially, excuse me, that could potentially do that. I, I, I think World War III could be possible, but it is not going to be started by any of the big powers. If it would be started, it's going to be something between 
Israel and one of its neighbors that is the powder keg to explode or India and Pakistan. That will be where pretty much World War III will start out of the Middle East and uh, Middle Asia area. Um, But if you are talking about what replaced the USSR as our enemy, it is 100% China. And again, not on a war faction, but on a purely ideological faction. I mean, China has, is it called consumer credit? I don't know what it, it it's called exactly, but it is where social they track, where they track people's social media and it's their social yeah. credit. Yeah, it's, it's their the social, social credit it's, and their social score. It's social media taken to an extreme where you could literally be in a class that like, oh, you're too dissident against the government. So now you can't get loans um, or, you know, you and your neighbor's kid did the same exact way on the test, but because your family's social credits better, your kids getting into the better school than your neighbor's kid because right. their social credits lower. And if you don't have a social presence, you it, like, it's not like you can just avoid the social media. You have to, you have to have social presence. You have to, but you can't just, tweet all day hey our glorious leader is fantastic i love him he does not look like winnie the pooh but i i hear with that too that like when you're in the top class you get perks like was it something i heard like you can get discount on your taxi trips because you're in a higher social credit class it's it's government oversight taken to the extreme i mean as much as you know we fear social media for what it's becoming we're not nearly where china is with no. their social media no like we're on the i mean you can see the beginning but what what scares me more about what's going on with our social media is you can see a clear path from where we are to where china is but the scary part is it's not being done by the government. It's being done by corporations. Oh, yeah. And I think people give corporations a pass. They give Google and Amazon and Apple and Microsoft this huge pass because, you know, well, they're, they're businesses. They're not the government. And what they don't realize is that there was someone other than Orwell that predicted – a dystopian future you have orwell and you have huxley huxley was the opposite and his thing was that the dystopian future is not controlled by an overreaching government it's controlled by overreaching oligarchical corporations and whereas orwell all information is controlled and the flow is minimal in huxley all information is free and the truth is buried in a sea of noise yeah we're more likely to go to that future and we just we give these businesses a pass but then it's always brought back to you know government it's like the government the only thing the government should be doing right now is breaking up the monopolies and the arguments that are used that you know amazon and google 
you know, are not monopolies is like horseshit. But but here's the great thing. When you become such a big corporation, you're pretty much like a government. It's not that hard to buy government officials, even in a democracy. <laughs> and praise yeah. be Abstergo Industries, our overlords. May the <laughs> father of understanding guide us. Oh. I am an assassin and I will always be an assassin. Oh. I one day we need to have the theory episode on the assassins versus the templars because I think the templars might have it right. The more I play Assassin's Creed, oh! the more I move towards the templars point of view. You are getting brainwashed by Abstergo. Okay, so here's a conspiracy. Assassin's Creed is real. Okay, there is a war going on between the Templars and the Assassins, and they built the games to slowly trick people into agreeing with the Templar way of life and trying to corrupt and belittle the Assassin's Creed. I will say the game does start with the Asturbo Sturgo Industries logo on there now, <laughs> like before you even enter the game. So you uh... might not be wrong. <laughs> No, uh, no, I think it's, it's the corporations are something we need to be scared of in the future because they are going to become pseudo governments. There are already pseudo governments like oh, yeah. Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Um, and I mean, they're scarier because they span nations, you know. Facebook doesn't just affect the United States. It's at a point where it affects the entire globe. Like as much as like Trump's been tweeting, like I'm not going to sign the military budget. If they don't overturn section two thirty. blah, 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 blah. I'm like overturning section two thirty might actually be one of the best things Trump could pull off. If he does, I don't see Congress doing it, but If uh, if social media companies could be held responsible for crimes that are organized on their website, um, I don't see that a bad thing, but the social media companies would. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if 230 gets repealed, you will see a, either a huge crackdown of strict policies on the websites on all the platforms or you'll the just user see... agreement will yeah. become like you give us legal uh indemnability <laughs> against anything that happens on our website let's uh, be honest no no one reads those anyway so no but like yeah okay but like <laughs> they need us to hate each other like I, I don't they is like this conspiracy like uh they but they do need us to hate each other they they need you to hate your neighbor if you don't agree with them politically yeah i mean it goes back to you know if they don't have someone else for you to hate 
outside, they need you to hate someone inside. And yeah. I mean, there have basically because of Jefferson and Burr, there are two parties and yeah. uh, their fault. And we can blame them. And, but since that time, the two parties have been solidified and any time there's been a chance for three parties, it's basically the powers that be force it back to two parties. You had, I mean, the run up to the civil war and to be honest, because I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, I don't think there's ever going to be another civil war. The biggest thing going against another civil war is the fact there's no clear delineation. It was easy um, with the civil war because you had a north and a south. You could draw a demarcation line, and that was that. You're not going to have that. You're not going to have a north-south or an east versus a west. You 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 have red states intermixed with blue states, and even worse, within a state, you have you have red surrounded by blue or blue surrounded by red. There's there's no us versus them that's ever going to happen in the Civil War. But the what could potentially come out of this election is what happened during um, that led up to the Civil War. And that was you had two parties. You had the Democrats and you had the Whigs. And the Whig party was the was becoming the more progressive party. And then the party started infighting and completely fractured. Mostly on the topic of slavery. And half the party that believed that slavery while not the most morally um, correct thing shouldn't be forced to be abolished by government and then you had the Republicans that formed that wanted a complete abolishment of slavery and instead of the Whig party existing and the Republicans and then having the Democrats and a three party system the Whigs all but got you know absolved into the Democrats or just completely destroyed. And you went immediately from the Democrats and the Republicans, and you went right back to a two party system within the span of four years of the Whig party, just completely imploding in itself. In reality, what should have happened is the Whigs should have, the Republicans should have broken off from the Whigs. The Whigs should have cannibalized some of the Democrats and you should have had three parties. Instead, the Democrats swallowed up the Whigs, and then we had a civil war because the Whigs went into the Democrats, the Republicans then took the presidency, and then the Democrats went, this is bullshit, fuck you, and war. You theoretically have the potential for that to happen again. I don't think we have the civil war component out of it, but with everything that's happened this year, there's the potential for the Republican Party to split. And what should happen is the Republican Party should split and you should have the Republicans and then you should have the Trump super awesome. I'm the best party. I'm assuming that's the way it would go. (laughs) And then you should have and then you should have the Democrats and then the Democrats should split. But they won't because, you know, they let the liberals come 
and bang on their drums. And then after they win, they put the liberals back in a corner and they say, okay, we're doing this the corporate way again. Like <laughs> that's where we're at. But what's going to happen is if what comes out of this is the Republican party splitting one of the two splits is just going to get absorbed into the Democrats and we're going to be right back to a two party system again. So I will agree with you. I don't see a, a civil war happening. Um, First of all, because there was a clear delineation to give us a two-part civil war. Um, if another civil war broke out now, we'd have a fracturing. There are at least five or six different groups, I think, that would form out of a civil war. I mean, I think the West Coast would almost try to become its own country. Um, oh, yeah. California, You'd have parts Utah, of this country Washington. That would use it as like an opportunity to yeah. like be like, oh, oh, I mean, Texas. We all know what will happen to Texas. Texas will declare itself its own country. The Lone Star State. We've done it before. We got all the guns. <laughs> Cuomo <laughs> would hop at the chance to become president of New York um, and use his crime family to, uh, you know, just take more control of the state. Um, uh, the other thing is, I, I see the Republicans fracturing as it is. Like, y- you look online and you can see the Trump super awesome fun cult party. It's called fun, the party. fun party. Yeah, the fun party. Calling what no one would call uh, rhinos, rhinos, like Dan Crenshaw. Uh, is in battled into a huge fight right now with Lynn, someone, one of Trump's sycophants. Um, and he's like, look at this John McCain, corporate Democrat, Dan Crenshaw. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, he's not even close to a, a Democrat. And where I, where I disagree with you, I, I think the Democrats may fracture. Um, I think there's enough that are fed up with Chuck and Nancy's bullshit that we're starting to see the lines drawn. There's already a group called the movement for a people's party forming that is very against what the corporate Democrats have become. Um, I mean, Diane Feinstein has had to step down from the Senate judiciary because of her horrible performance during the Amy uh, Barrett nomination. Um, But yet at the same time, the Democrats have reelected Nancy and Chuck after they lost, lost seats in the house for them thought they were going to have a landslide and take the Senate. And now it comes down to one state and two elections in that state. Um, but yet somehow Chuck and Nancy are still the best leadership there is for the Democrats. And I mean, the Democrats are run by old fucking white people right now. Right. I mean, Joe, Chuck, here's the other thing. Even, even if the Democrats get those two seats in Georgia, if they get both the seats and in all honesty, I don't think they're going to get both. I think they're going to get one, but I don't think they're going to get both because in, one of them, the Republican, missed getting the 51% majority by, I think it was, 
one percent or half a percent. So you take all the other ones, and if you take all the Republicans that were on the ballot that took percentages away from him, and it's just him and the Democrat, he wins it by like fifty six percent. But even if the Democrats take those two seats in Georgia, it's still the Republicans Senate. still have a fifty fifty seats in the ha- in the Senate. And they only and the Democrats only have forty eight. Like you still don't you still don't have a majority. They didn't win the Senate, regardless of what happens in Georgia. They lost tremendous ground in the House. But yet they're they're claiming because Biden won by so much. Like, you know how bad you have to be as a party for someone to go, I'm voting for the Democrat for president. And down ballot Republican. Like, I mean, that's, that's more of an attack on Trump and how he was than how good the Democrats are. Yeah, it goes both ways. Well, I think no, problem... I'm saying if the Democrats were good, you would have had people voting Biden and down ballot Democrat. Right. I'm saying because Trump's bad, you had people voting Democrat for president but then still being like yeah i like my party for every other seat right i just don't it's like basically the presidential election this year was not people voting for a president it was people voting against a president yeah. it just so happened that more people were against uh, trump than were against biden yeah it no, happens the the democrats are so out of touch i mean mitch mcconnell is extremely out of touch with the american public I mean, that's the statistic I was trying to bring up. The average, the mean for Congress is $500,000. Right. The, the American people, it's under 100000 For those under 35 like us, the mean is under $12,000. They are so out of touch with America. But yet I'm supposed to believe the person who's closer to me financially and i talk to is my enemy yes yeah i mean i can see the democrat party fracturing because based on who biden is saying is going to be in his cabinet and are his advisors is basically uh it's 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 basically i mean I was originally going, oh, it's it's Obama 2.0, but it's not. You look at who he's putting in, it's Clinton 2.0. So it's a blast from the past. It's the 90s. It's a whole bunch of corporations. And it's like you, you've been yelling all year that all cops are bad and Black Lives Matter. And you voted in the guy that wrote the 94 crime bill. And the woman that locked up more people um, than anybody else is a DA. And then you're surprised that he's only putting um, corporate shills on his cabinet. And lo and behold, Bernie is frozen out again. How does that work for you? I can I can see like after the first hundred days, the dem- like the the left side of the Democrats finally growing some balls and waking up and going like, yeah, this is bullshit. And they just use us every four years. Time to so, form our own party. Elizabeth Warren, how did this work out for you? 
I gotta know. How'd it work? Uh, you does played she listen a game. to our podcast now? <laughs> I, I don't know, but she played a game, and I don't think it worked how she thought it was going to. Aaron, let me ask you, while talking about Biden cabinet picks, because I don't know if this person has been picked yet, but their name has been floated. Have you heard about a streaming service called Quibi? Oh, I have. You know, the streaming service that could be watched on your phone in small bites, say Quibi, if you may. Either in landscape or portrait mode, a streaming service so good it made it six months, maybe? <laughs> and had a shit ton of money thrown at it? Yeah, the one of the executives from that company is being considered for Biden's cabinet. So, yeah. But she claimed that she's a Republican. Uh, hey, don't they have Reno 911? They might. I mean, well, that just... They, they went under, so they don't have anything anymore. <laughs> Wait, can't That's you gonna... still download the app? Probably, but I mean, they've announced that they are going under. So they are going to probably be selling off to like Hulu and Netflix and anything. And yeah, they did have a show called Haunted House Hunters, where it was house hunters but every house that the buyer got shown had a gruesome murder take place in it. How did it not survive? I don't know. How did that not work? Oh, Quibi, such a great idea. So great. I want to bring it to our federal government. Uh, I mean, I mean, Quibi just, it just sounds like a joke. Uh, no, I mean, Biden is corporate as corporate could be like and every mainstream democrat in the primary within a day and a half backed out and backed him i mean amy pete uh beto backed him i mean and Pete's making regular appearances on Fox News now. Like, you even see Fox News is changing their tune now that Trump's lost. Well, because they know where the money is. Yeah. They're not, they have no morals other than their deep, deep pockets. Yeah. I mean, no, no major news outlet does. No major news outlet cares about being fair and balanced or you know, actually sharing the news. It's, I mean, look, Fox news played this role for the last, um, 12 years, 12, 15, 20 years that, you know, we lean to the right and, you know, we're going to give you the other side. When in reality, if you think about it, because of the two party system, they were just playing their part and, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the two sides still hated each other. They gave all the Democrats, you know, the the fodder of, you know, up, you know, you know, those Fox News people, they're the worst. And uh, now that, uh, you know, there's this there's this whole belief right now that, uh, you know, oh, you know, it's it's over. It's almost like Fox News is like, oh, thank God we can, uh, you know, we can show our true colors like it's. It's funny. I've watched some clips of Fox and Friends. Uh, and, you know, the three hosts are um, super separated. And 
I, I'm going to give a, a pre-warning here. I, I'm going to be a little bit sexist here just because I've watched Fox and Friends on and off since I was like 14 years old because that was the household I grew up in. And there's always been three hosts, Steve Ducey, Brian Kilmeade, and the blonde girl. <laughs> and I don't know who the current blonde girl is. And it does change, though. That That is why I'm being a little sexist. But uh, I saw something the other day, and it was like Trump called in after the election to Fox and Friends. And Steve Ducey was charged with getting him off the phone. And you could hear the excitement in Steve's voice to finally not have to talk to this guy every day. And you could like see the disappointment in Brian Kilmeade that he no longer got to talk to Donald Trump every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's it's ridiculous to me, this wedge that is being driven into us. And, I mean, people, the people who are sharing conspiracy theories on Facebook, do you know what app you're using to share conspiracy theories on? That app is collecting all your goddamn data, and they don't care about you. They don't care about your stupid conspiracy theory about the election. They care that you stay on it, that you look at their ads. I mean, Instagram, a targeted Facebook company, gives me great fucking targeted ads. I've bought stuff because of Instagram ads before. But all Mark Zuckerberg wants is to be able to jump off a diving board into his pool of gold coins. And he doesn't care what he has to sell you or what belief line he has to to do that. Even if it means you want to kill your friend because they disagree with you. DuckTales. Woohoo. They keep us hating each other so that they can basically harvest us for money. Yes. They feed off of our hatred. Let your hate flow through you. And if, and and buy buy another uh, click on that ad one more time. Please fulfill your destiny by dude ass wipes to clean your dirty butt. <laughs> Uh, real ass wipes nonetheless three times the price of Wegmans wet wipes are they are they worth it I don't know I didn't buy them no. Wegmans is a dollar 99 dude is 7.99 why I don't know because they say dude and they're marketed towards men they told they told you to hate non dude ass wipes it's all know. about the division real thing though <laughs> no i think what it comes down to you know because we're i feel like going in circles a little bit at this point is as we go into the holiday you know there's people that aren't talking to their own family because they disagree with them form that line of communication again like your family's not as bad as you think they are in most cases. <laughs> I will put a giant star caveat there because there are family members that could be as bad as you think they are. But don't let social media or the mainstream news corrupt you from not liking your neighbor. <laughs> 
And ultimately, we all want to get to the same place. We may all feel or have beliefs of how we should get there, but there's more that unites us than divides us. And what we've lost is the ability to have a conversation with someone who we completely disagree, not attacking them, not getting upset with them, being respectful, hearing their point of view, sharing our point of view, and then at the end of the day, respecting them for their beliefs and walking away and trying to be a better person. The biggest issue is people enter their echo chamber and then they just argue. When in reality, and because the holidays are coming up, families come together, you're going to have that family member that you might argue with. The only piece of advice I can give is if you end up having an argument with someone that you fundamentally disagree with 100%, find the one thing that you both agree on or have common ground. Because I guarantee you it exists and it'll be there. Find that. Recognize it. Agree on it. And then you can walk away respecting each other more than when you started the conversation. I agree. With that, it's been a great season. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed coming to the tavern and sharing a drink with you, Jake. We will meet up again at this tavern sometime next year when uh, your life can incorporate that. Uh, You got a busy few months ahead of you, I feel like. I do. I do. Uh, So look forward to season two. Our Thomas Jefferson conversation. I think we need to have an alternate history conversation about what if World War I went differently. That was a conversation that came out of our Hamilton episode. Yeah. Um, and maybe an episode about the Templars versus the Assassins. Yes. And politics around that. Uh, in, in, because, you're uh, really an Abstergo agent set to destroy me. I mean, I'm out here railing against big companies when, of course, the Templars would be in charge of one thing, the big companies. So, or so does they'd it make... want you to think. Yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> it's a great irony. Uh, but it has been fun for this season. Uh, that's all I got for tonight. I will leave our listeners with this. Stay safe. Respect one another. And always remember that it is better to find common ground than it is to drive a wedge in between each of us. And I will leave our listeners with this. Whatever you do, whatever you do for the rest of your life, avoid Empire Brewing's grape beer. Just don't. If you see it, just don't. (laughs) And with that, we bid you adieu. With that, it's a season. Bye, guys.
Speaks podcast. Tschüss.